0: Hi, everyone. Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us, and he has a word for you today. We are sure of it. Take some time out to listen, and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. Let's pray. God, I thank you for each and every person here. God, we never take it for granted this opportunity that we have to come and minister together. I pray that you give me your inner wisdom to speak life into each and every person and that everybody under the sound of my voice will get something out of the message today they can use. They can use and make their lives better. God, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, our prayer is they will be able to use this message and make their lives better immediately it's in the name of jesus that we pray amen please raise your bibles up or your cell phones or whatever forms they take and say this with me say this is my bible i can be what it says i can be i can do what it says i can do i can have what it says i can have every verse It's God-breathed, and I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out into the person God created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable. It is the truth. It is divine. It is the word of God, and it shall forever be to me my Bible. In Jesus name. Amen. Would you guys give God some praise for Father's Day? Now, the message that we're going to teach today is going to be a continuation of what we've been teaching. So it's not going to be your typical Father's Day message. But I was telling my wife, I was like, Greta, you know, I was sitting here racking my brain, really kind of forging through everything I had at my disposal trying to come up with a Father's Day message. And you know what God told me? God told me, he says, Benjamin, does the day make the word, or does the word make the day? I said, I got that. He says, yeah. He says, you just teach the word. And after that, every day that follows will be all right. So that is what we're going to do. But also, in honor of Father's Day, two things. The first thing is I haven't given you a really good Smith story in a while, so let me give you one. Let me start off with this picture here, because I got my Grandpa Rock shirt on. This is a picture of my granddaughters. Uh, the oldest one is Zuhaley, and the youngest one is Morelsey. Some things that you've seen before that I've brought up here, you've heard me say this over the years, that this is in my house. Life is better at grandma's house, or says something like that. Now, my wife has always told me that this relationship we have with our grandchildren, that it, baby, this is not a competition. Lies, I tell you. (laughs) All lies. It is very much so a competition. And she does her best to make sure that she wins that competition. And now, let me tell you something. Over probably a couple of Christmases ago, they got me this, because... Keep in mind, I told them that grandpa game was going to come on strong, too. It says best grandpa ever. Now, I want you to notice that it's not as big as the grandma, the grandma sign. (laughs) So don't don't think that I'm just up here, you know, not taking that into consideration. But they gave me a little token. They gave me, you know, the the bronze medal. But uh uh-uh, that's not good enough for me. I'm a winner. I'm every day. I'm a winner. So let me tell you what happened. As, as things started to progress in our house and the granddaughters got older, the oldest one, Zuhaley, she gravitated to grandma. The youngest one, which is Morelcy, hey, I call the bright one. The one that realized what side the, butter, the bread is really buttered on. She picked grandpa. So we nodded up. One to one. You know, we, we, we end this thing. As much as I pursue the oldest, every now and then, though, no grandma just has her heart. Grandma kept her for the first year of her life, so it's like she just needed the grandma. But that little one, that, that, that darling, sweet little face right there, I love them both. She, she know the deal. Boom, we tied up one to one. Now, while we're away from each other during COVID, Something happened. Something happened in the Smith household. These are we 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 had a grandson. Now my grandson. This is a this is a this is a a, a, a picture of my grandson. Now he's much older. Now this was during COVID, of course. He's you know he's walking around and stuff like that, but when she had this lovely child in her womb, I looked at Greta and I said, That's not just a child in there. I said, You know what that is, don't you? I said, That's the tiebreaker. <laughs> and so game on with the tiebreaker. And you know, she tried to be cool about it, but, but I'm like, You know, I understand. But see, in her mind, I know that she was working her plan because, once again, in her mind, she's a winner too. This little guy comes on the scene and he is attached to his mama. I'm talking about if, if you even look like you want to ask him to pick him up, he start crying. If his mama leave the room for a split second and he recognized that she gone, oh, here come the waterworks, here come the screaming. And so what I'm trying to tell you is I believe he knew he was the tiebreaker, and so he was holding back his love a little bit. But family, something new has happened over the last 30 days. He has begun to pick. Please. And what I see is, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, it might be a little too early to tell. But I do know that between the two of us, he does let one of us pick him up. (laughs) Come on now. Between the two of us, he does let one of us walk him around the block. Between the two of us, he does wave at one of us when he comes in the house. I'm not saying it, but the one he waves at wouldn't be the one up here doing Father's Day. She would be up here doing Mother's Day. So I'm telling you right now, I believe the tides are turning. On, because on my side, by the way, his name is Benjamin as well. <laughs> so it's only natural that the tiebreaker would come to Grandpa. Now, I don't know if they're going to have more, but what I do know is all indications are right now that it's fitting to be Grandma One. Grandpa, too. And you know what they say. Once you get the majority on your side. I just got one to work on. I'm going for 3-0. I'm going for 3-0, brother. I just had to let that know. Just a little quick Smith story there in honor of Father's Day. One more thing in honor of Father's Day. We're going to go ahead and get started. I want you all to welcome into the world. Wesley, I know you're here. Please stand up. please, sir. I want you guys to welcome somebody into the world. It's going to be coming, coming up on the screen real soon here. He was able to provide me with a photograph. But we're going to welcome into the world Amias, Amias, Emi, Kair- Kairos Laguerre. Oh, wow. Guys, give God some <Judge> praise for that. You can see he's got his other two boys there with he's going to be wife going to have a house full of boys to deal with from the daddy all the way down. But thank you for the communication we had the other day. And we're listen, everybody healthy. That's what we want. So we keep us posted. Make sure you give mama a big hug for us. And we love you. Okay? All right, family. All right, loved ones, where, where are we? Where, where, where do we leave off? We are in a series entitled Till Death Do Us Part. And we have an overarching theme that we've been working with. And that overarching theme is simply trust God. But we have settled or rested in a small sub thought and that sub thought is this tears grow flowers tears grow flowers the the just of that message is this we all go through challenges we all go through hardships we all go through tragedies we all go through disappointments and those things can wear us weigh us down Frankly, they can weigh us down to the point to where we cry. Under God's guidance, though. Hey, tears grow flowers. I want you guys to say that with me. Say under God's guidance. guidance, Tears grow flowers. flowers. Now make that personal. Under God's guidance. guidance, My tears tears grow flowers. flowers. I'm going to be honest with you. Odds are. You do not see those future flowers while you are going through. You don't foresee those, but trust in God, the trust that we have in God, that gives us the fortitude to continue to go through. We continue to go through because we have confidence that God is there and he cares. And family, there is a benefit to going through when you go through you end up with a testimony to stand on the next time you go through your hardship or your pain and you feel your eyes swelling up with tears you look back at your testimony and you remind yourself to remember when remind yourself about the time say hey remember when I fought." that I was down for the count hey but God remember when I thought my situation changing was an impossibility ooh but God remember when I thought that my current neg- negative circumstance was my final outcome but God remember when I thought it was time for me to give up on me but God family there are benefits to persevering. Perseverance that gives you that testimony at the end. And I admit, sometimes walking through those tears is hard. Sometimes just keeping your feet shuffling is hard. For sure it would be easier if, or, or I should say, more understandable. If you knew the purpose for the pain while you were going through but often you know that the purpose for your pain does not become evident until after you've gone through which gets us right back to our primary theme of hey trust God trust that God is there and that he cares and that he sees your tears David said something in Psalm 56. Listen to what he says to God. It's Psalm 56, verse eight in the easy to read version. He's, he expresses these words to God. He says, you know, I'm very upset. You know how much I've cried. Surely you have kept an account of all my tears. In the voice translation, that very same verse, Psalm 56, verse eight. Listen to the first sentence. It reads this way. You have taken note of my journey through life. Caught each of my tears in your bottle. David expresses these words during a time of great challenge. Hey, his mind cannot see any natural way out of his circumstance and his heart wants to fear. But David knows something. David knows that God is there observing his journey through life. Therefore, he recognized that God knows both the challenges he faces and the tears he cries. God never loses his focus on David. I'm talking about God keeps his his sights locked on David to the point of actually accounting for David's every tear and putting those things in a bottle. It's David's way of saying, I know my God is always focusing on me and cares for me. If you continue to read through that psalm, you will learn that David said, hey, and I kept my trust in God. And God brought me to a better place. The same applies to us loved ones. No matter what you and I go through, no matter what life turns and sends our way, we must always keep our trust in God, especially when those situations that come our way drive us to tears because feelings and emotions will suggest God has abandoned you. But that's not the case. God is always there observing our journeys through life. He sees our pain. He accounts for our tears, even to the point of putting them, quote, in a bottle. He's always there. The main thing to realize is that we must keep our complete com- confidence, commitment, dedication and devotion in God. And in doing so, we keep Under his guidance and under his guidance, those tears that fall from our eyes, they will grow flowers. Now, where are we in the book of Ruth? We're in Ruth chapter two. And when we last left Ruth. She and Boaz were engaging in conversation. He was telling her, girl, your commitment and devotion To Naomi, it precedes you. It is a testimony that got here before you even showed up. Let's pick up right back there. I'm in the voice translation of the Bible. It should be showing up on your screen, though, as we read them. Ruth chapter two, starting in verse 11. Now, this is Boaz speaking. He's speaking to Ruth. He says this. I have heard your story. I know about everything you've done for your mother-in-law since your your own husband died. I know you left your mother and father, your home and your country, and you have come to live in a culture that must seem strange to you. May the eternal repay you for your sacrifices and reward you richly for what you have done. It is under the wings of Israel's God, the eternal one, that you have sought shelter. Ruth replies, I pray you will continue to look upon me with such favor, my Lord. I am comforted by your kind words, even though I am not as worthy of them as one of your servant girls. Now, Boaz continues to show her favor. But you will notice. Ruth says I pray that your favor for me doesn't stop and her prayer is answered Boaz continues to show her favor now later on Boaz is gonna tell those folks that do harvesting from for him he's gonna say here's what I want you to do I want you to make sure that when Ruth is out there in that field that you make it easy for her to gather grain and if she goes to the area where it's forbidden for her to go I don't want you to scold her. I want you to let her go. Listen. Verse 14. Later during the meal, Boaz spoke to Ruth again. Come, come over here and have some of my food. Dip your piece of bread in the vinegar wine. So Ruth sat down among the harvesters. Boaz also offered her some roasted grain. She ate as much as she wanted and even had some left over. When her meal was finished, she got back up and went and returned to work. Whew. Say she returned to work. Oh, this is an awesome woman. She got back up and returned to work. Then Boaz pulled some of the young harvesters aside and gave them instructions about her. He said to them, let her pick up grain from among the sheaves. Do not reprimand or humiliate her for gleaning where it is usually forbidden. Instead, Periodically pick up a stalk or two from the sheaves that you have already bound and leave them for her to gather for herself. Make sure that no one gives her a hard time. Verse 17, family. So Ruth worked in the field all day until the sun had nearly set. Our message for you today is going to be pretty straight and direct. We're not going to beat around the bush on a lot of topics. You're going to notice I'm pretty I'm pretty much a, a, a focused guy today. This verse 17 starts off by saying, so Ruth worked in the field all day until the sun had nearly set. Family, this is after Boaz has already shown her favor and decided to make things easier on her. This is talks about or shows or highlights or displays the integrity of Ruth's heart. I am so glad they put this in the Bible. Even though this woman is being showed favor, even though things are now easier for her, she's continuing to work hard. If anything, she's working more diligently. Family, that is the complete opposite of what some people do. For many people, once the favorite train rolls in, now is the time to slack off a bit. Once the favor train rolls in, now is the time to kick up my feet and do a little less. Once the favorite train rolls in, hey, listen to this. Now is the time for me to get the mindset of entitlement. That is not the move. When one receives favor, one should continue to show their appreciation in both word and deed. Being on the receiving end of favor does not give you permission or the green light or the right to stop doing those good things that made you justified in getting the favor to begin with. It says, Ruth worked in the field all day until the sun had nearly set. And this was after she received favor. But let's go a little deeper. Verse 17 says, so Ruth worked in the field all day until the sun had nearly set. When she finished picking up the leftover ears. Everybody say leftovers. Leftovers. <laughs> leftovers. Family. The Bible says that Ruth. Went and she picked over her leftover ears. Now, screen leftovers. When I think about this word leftovers, it always makes me smile. Because in the mind of some, this word brings a bad image to good items. I want you to take a meal, for example. Some people despise leftovers. I see some of you laughing. (laughs) Some people despise leftovers. Say leftovers. Before you leave here today, we're going to change your your image of that. We're going to use it in a different way. But it's purposeful. Because the examples associated with leftovers and the food we eat, it gets you there. Leftovers. In the mind of some, this word gives a very, very bad image to, you know, good items. When we're talking about a meal, a person can have a fabulous, fantastic dinner and enjoy it. Yet the very next day, that same individual will turn their nose up at the very same food because now, a day later, you know, it's, well, leftovers. In principle, in principle, though, it's the same food, though. In principle, nothing has changed with the food. Yeah. You can you can argue. (laughs) I already hear the mumbling. But I'm coming for you, though, Miss Janice. I'm coming for you. You can you can argue if you want to that, you know, the taste of the food. the, 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 The day that it's prepared and served that it's different or better than the taste of that food in subsequent days. You can argue that. But I'm going to tell you, in principle, it's the same food. It's the same food. Listen. It is the same food. The only true thing in substance that has changed Between that food being labeled a fabulous meal and leftovers is one day. In 24 hours, your perception of what you have has changed. In a span of one day, family, what you once valued, you now discount. Come with me. In a span of one day, what you once welcomed into your life, you now ban. Leftovers. The only thing in principle that has changed is a day. Say leftovers. 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 Loved ones. When you have something that happens in your life. Something that's painful, something that's hurtful, something that's tragic, something that brings tears to your eyes. As the tears swell up into your eyes, I want you to take some time, step back, and examine your leftovers. What do I mean by leftovers? Loved ones, your wife passed on and it hurts. But what I'm asking you to do is to pick your head up and take an honest look at what still remains in your life. If you do so, perhaps what you will find is that you still have children that love you. You still have grandchildren that love you. You still have friends that love you. You still have church family that love you. You still have parents that love you. Yeah, your husband passed on and it hurts. But if you were to take a good, honest look at what still remains in your life, perhaps you will find you still have children that love you. You still have grandchildren that love you. You still have church family that love you. You still have friends that love you. You still have others that love you. Yeah, I realize your friend is no longer here. They passed on. They're no longer with us in this life and it hurts. But if you look up at what's around you and you really take good inventory, perhaps you will find out that you still have friends that love you. That you still have church family that loves you. That you still have parents that love you. That you still have children that love you. That you still have grandchildren that love you. Yeah, you know what? That relationship has dissolved. And it hurts. You never thought it would dissolve that way, but it's no longer there and you want to put yourself in that dark place. But if you just pick yourself up and look at what still remains in your life, more than likely what you will see is that you still have children that love you. You still got friends that love you. You still got church family that love you. You still got people around you that love you. Oh, yeah. They that company and let you go. It sucks. You gave them the best parts of your life. You were always committed and devoted to them, and they said goodbye without even a tear, and it brought tears to your eyes. And you want to go and put yourself in that dark place, but guess what? If you pick your eyes up and look around at what really remains in your life, what you're going to find out is, hey, I still got friends that love me. I still have others that love me. I still have church family that love me. I still have people around me that love me, regardless of the event. That happens in your life. There still probably is people. Persons. Individuals that remain. That still want to be a part of your life. But you won't let them. You won't let them. After the event. Happened in your life. You label those people. Leftovers. And you no longer would let them be a part of your life. But during your hard time. If you pick your eyes up and really examine what you still have remaining in your life, perhaps you will find out. Hey, there is still some good out there. But what we do is we label those people leftovers and get this. Say this with me. Say they have not changed. Regardless of the of what goes through our life, we take those people that are around us and we deem them leftovers and we block them out of of our life. But they haven't changed. What has changed is our willingness to allow them to bring us joy. What has changed is our willingness to allow them to bring us happiness. That is what has changed. And guess what? That change has come and it came in a day. It came in a day. Yeah, and you know we can wrap it around an event. But what I'm saying in a short period of time. What you once value, you now discount. Once you once welcomed into your life, you now ban. You've considered them leftovers. Whatever happened in your life, that was to you your main course and the best part of your life. But let me tell you something, family. Don't you discount and mistreat those leftovers. Don't you discount Don't you discount your leftovers. Don't mistreat them. Let me tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you kind of like my mama told me. It may not be verbatim of Doc Smith's words, but you know what she say? They might be leftovers. But you just take your time and heat them up right. Hey, 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 you just take your time and heat those leftovers right. And what you're going to find out, them there leftovers, that's good eating right there. Them leftovers, that's good food right there. You just take your time and heat those leftovers right. and And guess what? What you will end up finding out is that. Check this out. Leftovers is life-sustaining food. You will find out that your leftovers are life-sustaining food. And and guess what? Once you deal with those leftovers enough, what you might find is that through your leftovers, you've discovered a taste combination that you never would have explored before. Talking about your leftovers. The Bible says in verse 17, so Ruth worked in the field all day until the sun had nearly set. When she finished picking up the leftovers. mm, Thank you. She beat her gathered, gathered barley grains from stalks with the stick. All that work resulted in over 20 Quartz of grain put my leftovers back up there please it says Ruth collected over 20 quarts of grain 20 quarts I'm gonna put that in perspective for you 20 quarts is five gallons five gallons this is a gallon jug. I want you to think about five of these filled with grain. Realize grain is small, so imagine like rice. How much work you got to put in to fill five of these, five of these with grain? She got five of these full of grain, and now she has enough for sure. To feed her and Naomi for a while. That's that's eating right there. That's eating right there. It says that she collected 20 quarts of grain. Now, let's 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 mask or put over that grain another word. It said. That she collected. 20 quarts of life-giving, life-sustaining seed. But guess what? None of that seed makes its way into her and Naomi's life if Ruth don't work her leftovers. That life-giving, life-sustaining seed never makes it into their life If Ruth don't work her leftovers, I want you to say this with me, because we're recognizing right now that Ruth picked up grain, which is seed. Say this with me, family. At times, times, God produces flowers flowers in our future future. using using seeds we collect. And many of those seeds, of those seeds come, from come from our leftovers. We say. That our tears grow flowers. But did you know a lot of times God grows flowers from the seeds we collect? And a lot of those seeds. They come from our leftovers. And the only way you get those seeds from those leftovers is you have to engage those leftovers. The only way you get your seed, the only way Ruth gets her seed is that she works on it daily, works on her leftovers daily. And as she worked on them, she got more and more and more life giving, life sustaining seed. But if through your tears, everybody else is just a leftover, you never engage them. So you're looking for God to grow flowers for you, and God is saying, Give me seed to grow. But you won't engage nobody. We understand and we recognize what happened to you is is something that we don't wish on anybody. But you walled yourself off. Everybody in your purview now is. Leftovers. Tell me this family. How can you receive the future seed of joy and the subsequent future flower of joy when you will not allow God to work through others to bring you joy? How will you obtain the future seed of happiness and the subsequent future flower of happiness when you will not allow God to work through others to bring you happiness? How do you receive the future seed and subsequent flower of peace when you will not allow God to work through others to bring you peace? You tell me, how are you going to find the seed and subsequent flower of a renewed purpose in life when you will not allow God to work through others to ignite a renewed purpose in you? Tell me, how in the world can you get that future flower of a better life When you will not allow God to work through other people to put seeds of a better life in you so he can grow in the future. How can that happen? It's not gonna happen if you ban everybody out of your life and you just call them leftovers. What am I saying? Point blank, I'm telling you to keep living. Keep living. Stop giving up on life. Jesus told tells us that things are going to come to all of our lives. But in all that you do, you can't stop living. Don't give up on life. As things come your way and those things cause you heartache, they cause you pain, they bring tears to your eyes. Listen, take the time as you go through your tears and pick your head up and you look out there at what still remains in your life. And you stop thinking of everything else in your life as a leftover. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to say this. Say God. God Can do great things. things. with With what I have. You know. Sometimes here's what the devil will do. The devil. Or sometimes you can convince yourself. The devil. Will convince you. That God cannot do great things with what you have. Oh, he will remind you about what you have. And because you no longer have what you had, he's going to try to convince you and get you to convince yourself that God cannot do good with what you have. God could have done good with what you had, but now God cannot do good with what you have. That's not true, loved ones. God can do great things in your life with what you have. Don't let anybody or anything convince you otherwise. All you got to do is quit discounting the things that you have in your life and considering it a useless leftover. Oh, God can do great things in your life with what you have. What you have does not dictate what God can do in your life. Who God is dictates what God can do in your life. God is is the determining factor there. And you should have experience enough to know our God. Our God is to speak something into existence out of nothing, God. Our God is to separate and part the Red Sea, God. To bring water out of rock, a rock God the all things that are possible to them that believe, God. The I am the resurrection, God. And he can resurrect things in your life if you let him. If you let him. What you need to do as you're going through As your heart is weighted, as you're crying, as you're going through those tears to get to the point of where you can see your flowers. You got to give God an opportunity to work your leftovers. Give God your leftovers. And I want you to watch in amazement how much life-giving, life-sustaining seed he returns to you and grows flowers. Say this with me. Under God's guidance, guidance. my tears grow flowers. flowers. I now know know. that many times God grows my flowers From the seeds I give him and many of my seeds comes from the things of my life that are left after other things happen in my life. Leftovers. Leftovers as it relates to a meal is one thing. But when we put people in our lives in the category of just being a leftover that we discount, that's a whole nother game. Do not put people who love and care for you in the category of a leftover. Let them in. Don't lock them out. Because that renewed joy that you're looking for that laughter that you seek is going to come from you engaging people that are still here and that love you. Locking yourself away is not the move. Enjoy what you still have left in your life. Amen. Let's pray. God, I thank you I thank you for today. I know that growing up, I didn't understand the prayers that the pastor would say, things like, God, you didn't have to wake me up this morning, but you did. You didn't have to keep me closed in my right mind, but you did. All of those things that as a young person, I just kind of repeated just out of formality. But God, now I know you didn't have to do it, but you did. And God, you didn't have to have people in our lives. To be a hedge for us when we needed a hedge, but I thank you that you did. You didn't have to put people in our lives that we can call family, real family, but I thank you that we did that you did. Touch our hearts, God. If, if the message didn't make it clear, God, what I want is I want people to open their hearts back up again. I want people to come out of their dungeon of pain and let people in. I want to break the thought that They have to go through this alone. You said in Genesis, it's not good for mankind to be alone. God, you knew the power of community. The power of relationship. For everyone that's going through something, God, I know that there are a few people That are positioned to help them bring, to help bring them through their tears. And not only bring them through their tears, but bring them through their tears with seed that'll grow beautiful flowers for them in the future. And to be absolutely clear of what flowers mean flowers means a better, more enjoyable, purpose feel life than what they have right now. Sometimes we can look back on what we had and we think that what we had because we no longer have it that that is an, a period in our life, an ending point, the end, book closed, last chapter. That is not the case. The last chapter in our lives have not yet been written. God, you determine that. As long as we're still here, you have purpose for us. And we endeavor to see that purpose in all the flowers that it will bring. In Jesus name. Amen. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you. Not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now. But we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.